When my brother Tom was in elementary school, his teacher sent him to a speech therapist because he was having a difficult time pronouncing his R's. When the therapist talked to my English mother, however, she got a different impression. My mom asked, Can you inform us precisely what his speech problems are? The therapist nervously responded, Uh, never mind. I, I think he's fine. Parents have a tremendous influence in the lives of their children, both through the things they teach and through their examples. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon, and we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we are excited to uh, be able to discuss some things on this podcast today. The Book of Mormon repeats often the phrase, wicked traditions of the Lamanites. We want to talk a little bit about the wicked traditions that were passed down from father to son for many generations among the Lamanites. Andrew, when you think of the word traditions, are traditions bad? I think of traditions as good. I usually think about holiday traditions and family traditions and things like that, but it can be bad, especially when it has the word wicked in front of it. (laughs) (laughs) A tradition, I would say, is probably something that is repeated. It could be a, a teaching or an idea, but something that is repeated over generations of time. Traditions can be wonderful. The traditions are not just celebrations that we have, but also stories that we tell, stories of our ancestors. Well, that's fine if the stories are good, but if the stories are lies, that's a different situation. What were the wicked traditions that uh, created such intensely hard feelings among the Lamanites? We don't know exactly all the traditions of the Lamanites that they were doing, some of the wicked things they were doing, but we can basically trace the roots back to what happened between Laman and Lemuel and Nephi and Sam. And early on, basically from the beginning, Laman and Lemuel were making bad choices and trying to go back to Jerusalem and trying to argue and fight with their brothers. And Sam and Nephi were trying to follow the Lord and trying to follow Lehi and do the right thing. When Lehi died... Laman and Lemuel said, we're in charge now, and we're not going to put up with you anymore, Nephi. And so they split up, and Nephi ran for his life with his family and and those who would follow him. And when they got out of there, there was a big divide. So the Lamanites basically hated the Nephites and made up all kinds of stories about them. And let's go back to the time that they left Jerusalem. These were difficult things that they had to face. They trudged through a huge empty desert. They crossed a forbidding ocean. Yeah. They eventually settled in a strange land, and then they resented the fact that their father had made them leave their wealth in Jerusalem Mm -hmm. and go through these challenges that they faced in coming to this land of promise. And the only way they knew that Jerusalem was destroyed was through Revelation, so they might not have believed that. They might have said, oh, he just made all this up and just wanted to leave Jerusalem for whatever reason he wanted to. The traditions they established were based on lies. Four major lies that Laman and Lemuel told their children and grandchildren that were not based in truth, but created feelings of animosity between the Lamanite children and their Nephite brothers and sisters. Number one, they taught that their ancestors did not originally leave Jerusalem voluntarily. 
They taught that they were driven out of Jerusalem because of the iniquities of Lehi. That's in Mosiah 10.12. Lie number two. Laman and Lemuel claimed that they were both wronged in the wilderness and while crossing the sea. So they said we were treated unfairly in these in this situation. Lie number three. Laman and Lemuel claimed that they were wrong in the land of their first inheritance. Mm-hmm. Lie number four was that when they finally arrived in the land of promise, their obnoxious younger brother Nephi had taken to ruling over the people in their stead. So they wanted to be in charge, and they said, Nephi, that little obnoxious brother of ours, <laughs> yeah. took over responsibility for leading the people. Yeah. Now, there were some other things that created resentment from Laman and Lemuel. Being the oldest two sons, and especially Laman being the oldest son, he thought he had the birthright. And with the birthright came certain rights and certain possessions that he felt were his. What were the valuable possessions that Laman wanted to claim? One of them would have been the the brass plates themselves. The brass plates. Probably saw them as worth a lot of money and they they should be theirs. Yeah, and and just his birthright. As birthright, he should get all of those things from his father. Yeah. So he wanted the brass plates. Why didn't he get the the brass plates, first of all? Why didn't he? Because Nephi was the prophet. He was the one who was receiving the revelation, and God wanted him to have them. In Mosiah chapter 10, verse 13, it says, Nephi was more faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord. Yeah. That's why he got the plates. He was the more faithful son. Yeah. Okay, the brass plates are one thing that Laban felt he was cheated out of. What other things? The Liahona. The Liahona, that's right. It was a round ball of curious workmanship, and it was of fine brass. So it was a beautiful possession. Who ended up with it? Well, the one it worked for. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Who was? Nephi. Nephi. Yeah. That's right. And so he took the Liahona with him when he left. One other thing that was very valuable, which was what? The Sword of Laban. The Sword of Laban. Let me describe that. The hilt thereof was of pure gold, and the workmanship thereof was exceedingly fine, and the blade thereof was of the most precious steel. This was a very valuable artifact, and when Nephi left the land of Nephi and traveled northward, he took all of these possessions with him. One other thing, possibly, could be even the, it might seem silly, but even the record that Nephi was writing, and the record of Lehi even though Nephi was the one who was making that record, they might have thought, that's the record of our people, and you can't just take that. You're you know? just walking so, off with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Discovering that everything was now gone, Laman was outraged. He felt that Nephi had stolen his rightful birthright. Laman and Lemuel were so angry with Nephi. In Mosiah ten sixteen, it says, For they said that he robbed them. And then they vindictively taught their children that they should hate them, and that they should murder them, and that they should rob and plunder them, and do all they could to destroy them. When did they finally start to give up these wicked traditions and these lies that were told? Hmm. It wasn't until Ammon and his brethren went out on their mission and started to teach the Lamanites, and they began to be converted to the gospel of Jesus Christ. They no longer wanted to be called Lamanites because they recognized that Laman was the person that had made up these lies. 
they had all kinds of wicked traditions. We don't really know exactly what all of their traditions were. But in Alma 23.3, it says, And thus they might go forth and preach the word according to their desires, for the king had been converted unto the Lord, and all his household. Therefore he sent his proclamation throughout the land unto his people, that the word of God might have no obstruction, but that it might go forth throughout all the land, that his people might be convinced concerning the wicked traditions of their fathers and that they might be convinced that they were all brethren, and that they ought not to murder, nor to plunder, nor to steal, nor to commit adultery, nor to commit any manner of wickedness. So the traditions also included not just robbing and stealing and murdering, but that it was okay to commit adultery, and all manner of of wickedness. wickedness. It also said that they didn't think they were brethren so right they looked at at least the nephites as i think less than human probably but i think so maybe too. even other lamanites they just didn't treat like they were brethren and, and that was something that had become a tradition among them that you know had not been passed down from lehi but had been passed down from laman and lemuel it says in alma twenty six twenty four, as stiff-necked a people as they are whose hearts delight in the shedding of blood whose days have been spent in the grossest iniquity <laughs> So, all kinds of horrible things. Yeah. And all of this they gave up as they were converted to the church. Yeah. Does the atonement of Christ cover all of those things? Could they be forgiven? Yes. In fact, that's one of the repeated messages that we see in the Book of Mormon. Over and over again, there's people who sin and who, who, yeah, commit all kinds of horrible sins and then are converted and those sins are forgiven. It is a wonderful blessing and a testimony to the atonement of Christ that it will cleanse us from whatever sins we participate in and that if we truly repent, that can be cleansed from our souls. And that was the case with the Lamanites at the time of King Lamoni and his father. Yeah, it's it's really important to teach our children about the atonement and to make that a tradition in our families to make sure that they know where to look for a remission of their sins. And, and you know, there's a lot of other good traditions that we can do with our families as well. And I just want to end with this quote from Elder L. Tom Perry. He said, Make the honoring of family traditions, holiday traditions, Sunday traditions, dinnertime traditions, and the development of new ones a priority throughout your lives. Honor them, write them down, and make certain you follow them. Studies show that the reason young people join gangs is for the tradition and ritual of belonging to something larger than self. That is what a family should be. Be certain you are creating a rich environment in which your family can look forward to special times of the year when traditions hold you together as a great eternal family unit. And with all the fun and worthwhile family traditions, none are more important than those that center around Christ. Thanks for listening. We hope your testimony of the Book of Mormon is getting stronger and stronger. Next time, we'll talk about the chronology of three of the Book of Mormon's most famous characters. Until then, enjoy your reading.